Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 47 of the Severe MMA podcast is officially here. And Andrew McGann, who doesn't know what time zone he's in at the minute, versus a Sean Sheehan, who probably doesn't know what time zone in he's in either, because the man is an irregular sleeping pattern. Sean, is it fixed yet? La da 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 da. It's the motherfucking D O double G. That, like, li- literally, the best part <laughs> of the whole embedded series was that. And now, yeah. the side videos that are being made on Facebook that include, like, Conor Ronaldo's fight starting with that music going under him knocking him out and then him cutting to him on the bike <laughs> it's just it's just brilliant yeah yeah I don't know what time's on I mean either I'm fucked I was talking to PT there this morning I was, I was on the group I was on the group chat I think yeah and I was like um yeah that was like the I, most active I've ever seen a whatsapp <laughs> group at half six in the morning <laughs> yeah I was like I just can't sleep anymore like I was absolutely fucked yesterday I only slept like two hours in like the 36 hours before Went to bed last night, slept for about three and a half hours, woke up this morning at like half five, six o'clock and just couldn't sleep again. Did you feel fresh though? I felt fresh enough. I'm actually not feeling too bad now. Now what is it? Half two. So I'm, I'm grand. I'll, I'll power through now till about nine, nine o'clock, ten o'clock tonight, go to bed, ten o'clock, be up in the morning, six o'clock again and be fresh. Excellent. Be well, good, first things first, people are probably wondering, are they even listening to the Severe May podcast? Where's Neil Seary gone? Where's Paddy Houlihan gone? Oh yes. Indeed. Where's Conor McGregor gone? Well, Conor McGregor's still there. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Go on. What were you going to say? We have a brand new start. <gasps> brand new. You've probably heard it already if you're listening no, right well, now. You've definitely heard it already. But. Definitely heard it. Shout out to, shout out to um, Patrick Sheehan for helping, well, practically. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> helping. What? Did you just give him the clips? <laughs> I sent him where the clips are and he basically did the whole, the rest. Okay, so thank you to Patrick Sheehan for everything. Everything, the whole, the whole uh, new start to our... uh, Whole shooting gallery. Yes, it's pretty good, I like it. Now, officially, it's time to get excited for Christmas. It is. Okay, McGregor's done, my mum and uh, sister's birthday is done. Sean, I want to ask you, what is the number one Christmas number one? Hmm. Uh, was Fairy Tale New York number one? That's the best Christmas song, like. Although, you know me now, I'm a Killers fan, and if you're a Killers fan, you love Killer Christmas songs. The Killers have never made a good Christmas song ever. Great Big Sled, Great Big Sled is a great fucking Christmas song. It's actually not though. Oh, I hate you. We're no longer friends. No, but like the like, it's literally like they just do it. What about Happy Birthday Guadalupe? That was a great song. What? Do you know what? Do you know what's terrible about Christmas? What? Min- mince pies. They're fucking rotten. I have never eaten a mince pie. They're better off. They're rotten. Like because oh. I, I like I've always assumed that it's regular mince. I don't know what. It so is. it's like just a pie. Mince. Like you get it. Oh, sweet mince. Yeah, it's it's like it's sugary and stuff. Like it's oh. not. Oh, it's just it's rotten. It's ugh. I've never had one. Tell yeah, me though. Have... Tell me though. Tell me this. Try one out. Go on. What's the best part about Christmas? If it, it like for me, it's the Ferrero Rochers that you get in your stocking. You know, I'm a, you know I mean, I'm a guy who likes my who likes grubbing. I like my Christmas dinner. I, I love turkey and ham. Turkey and ham is my favorite thing to eat, like all through the year. So on Christmas, big dinner, love it. And do you know the um, fucking 
Uh, roast potatoes, cooked with goose grass. That's a job, boy. Goose what? Goose grass. No, don't know. It. It's like oil with grease. It's like. Did you I just say grace, meaning grace, to say yeah. grease? No, but because you're from the country, called, like grace no, that up there. Hey, it's actually called goose grass. I oh, think I didn't know that. Or, or else I've just been listening to my father for the last twenty years the way he says it, and just thought that was right. Well, look, this you're is up. the. This is some of the last, most recent Christmas number ones. Ben Hinao, Something I Need. No idea what that is. They'll all be the X Factor. Yeah, Sam Bailey, Skyscraper. Matt Cardle was in there. Rage Against the Machine. Alexandra Burke, Leon Jackson, Leona Lewis, Shane Ward, Band-Aid 20, Girls Aloud, The Sound of the Underground. I can remember when we first got Sky in our house. I... I uh, like texted to get that played on one of the music channels for fuck's sake as well as Eminem Lose Yourself great song great tune I, you know I listened to that before all of my college exams did there you, you know. just yeah. to get yourself up there Spice they Girls must... had three Christmas number ones in a row they were huge 96, were... 97, 98 they were big alright did you ever have any uh, anything you did like that before exams any like traditions or things like that I'll admit for my junior or maybe my leaving, I had an on-the-go playlist on iTunes, I think called Exam Walk. Yeah. That would get me in the mood to, Jesus. to I don't know, do an I exam. Wouldn't, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't normally be that sort of fella, right? But I kind of am, it turns out. I use the same biro to do all of my junior cert and all of my leaving cert exams. Did you actually? Yeah, I really did. And in college, I, I as I said, I played Eminem before all of my... Before all of my exams, and I chew chewing gum in all of my exams too. I heard this thing that if you chew chewing gum, it gets your brain activity working better. Yeah, so like, I, do, I, I, I know people that had like nuts in their exams and stuff. But Sean, let's yeah. just get get over with it here, okay? Because obviously, I want to play it and sing with you. Okay. Best Christmas song, in your opinion? Where's Sean Sheehan gone? What? what? What's happening? There I thought you, you were going to play in a song. No, no. I asked you what the best Christmas oh. song is. I told you. You already. think it's Fairy Tale in New York, right? It's, yeah, it's either Fairy Tale in New York or Great Big Sled. Uh, or what? Great Big Sled by the Killers. No, well, it's definitely not Great, great Big Sled. It's definitely not a number Listen two, to anyway. that again. Listen to that. Right, so you've like got that. East 17, Stay Another yeah. Day. Another Day. Classic. Yeah. Whitney Houston. I will always love you as a Christmas number one. No, no. But it's Bodyguard. not a, what? It's not a Chris, it's not a Christmassy song. Band Aid. No, a lot of shit. <laughs> That's the most Christmassy song in the world, like. <laughs> what else? Go on. Keep going. Well, nineteen eighty seven. <sighs> Naughty Hodler, is it? Close but you're way off. Go on, what is it? The Pet Shop Boys. Which song? I can't remember. Always on my mind. Oh. That's not a Christmassy song. Are oh, you just talking about Christmas number one? No. Yeah. no. I think it's brilliant. No. But I would agree with you that best of all is the fairy tale in New York. Yeah, you'd I'd have to go with E seventeen out of that group of Christmas number ones. Who would you go with? Oh no, I'm just going with Fairy Tale in New York. It's playing under you now at the minute as well. Yeah, brilliant song. Start singing now. Which bit? Obviously. You the start, start singing and I'll just you start singing and I'll come in. In the drunk tank An old man said to me Here's another one <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute <laughs> I love you baby 
etc. No, I'm skipping forward because we don't know any of the words. <laughs> I can, I can, oh, I am so Christmassy. It's ridiculous. Oh, does that not just... <laughs> yeah, Cosby and balls, they got rhythms yeah, of gold. When the wind rolls right through you, it's no place for the old... When I stuck my hand on a cold Christmas Eve, he promised, he promised me Broadway was waiting for me. You're handsome, handsome you're queen, queen of New York, New York City, City, and the band started playing. Let's do it one-to-one. -one. We're not there yet. We're not? No. The boys of the NYPD choir. Galway Bay. And the bells were ringing out on Christmas Day. Oh, <laughs> I am literally gonna like that song will not be not played every day at least five times for the, the next the ten people, days. The people tuning in here for UFC one ninety four talk are like, what the fuck are these boys? Yeah, at? like, look, lads, it's Christmas. UFC's done. Conor McGregor's old forget news. Him. Christmas forget is here. Okay, Bama twenty four guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's discuss Tom Duncanwall. Let's break him down. Let's do it. Oh yeah. Woo! He's gonna whoop Damien Rooney. Like, let's be honest there. Let's be honest. I saw the most hilarious thing in the world. I think uh Bama might be trying to move in on my turf. Why? They got like Reese McKee and Mark Andrew to like record a video and they called oh, it an, yeah, they called it. it an interview. The two of them holding a phone. It's like, no, that's a video. Yeah. Oh anyway. Sure, look, there's right. only one place in Europe for interviews, Sean. Where is it? Severemed.com. Oh, yeah. I was going to say somewhere else, but then that's going to know. Right. All right. How long have you been back? I have been back less than 24 hours. I got home into my house at like seven, half seven last night because I was driving home from the motorway. I was driving home from the airport. There was a crash in the motorway, so I wasn't going to get home to my phone line in time for Matt Cooper yesterday. So I had to pull in on the motorway but then the cars were driving past, so it was too loud. So I had to pull off the motorway, some random place uh, called Dulik, and drove down a country road, sitting parked outside this woman's house, on the phone, with my blanket over my head to create a kind of a wind system. <laughs> and then I get a knock on the window, and your woman's like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just waiting to go on the radio, actually. I had to pull in off the motorway. And she's like, oh, Jesus, I thought you were going to do something to yourself. <laughs> I, should, I suppose I shouldn't laugh really and I, Yeah exactly And I was just I like Stick on to the FM there It's alright <laughs> So I have to admit First things first And get it out of the way All of those voice clips That I sent you Were meant to be people's names But I didn't realise My finger was covering The the microphone So that's why you couldn't Understand any of it It was like You sent me something About Carl Carl O'Casey or something Carl O'Casey Maybe that was the one That went through then what was that about? Many people were asking where Sean Sheehan was. Massive fans of the podcast. Listen to it on the plane over here. Will you give Thanks. me a shout out next week? Like literally, this this is a... And, and the answer is no, because no, Andrew fucked up. Because I've, I should have had a pen and a paper and be like, okay, let's spend a while thanking everybody. But like before we talk about it, the week in general, it was brilliant. So thank you very much. I passed on your... I just said, well, I'm sound, but Sean's a prick. He probably wouldn't say thanks very much for those messages. Yeah. But you know yourself, the usual. It's the same as I do to you, yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty much. So what do you think? The week in general, from yeah. the outside looking in, ask me questions and I will, uh, I'll fill you in. I want to know what the crowd was like, because at home it seemed very muted for like the whole night. 
You could hear it a few few well, I was in the arena didn't... until the main event. Say that again. I was in the back oh, yeah. until the main event. Right. So, so when you I... came out, was it? Well, for Connors, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like outstanding. But I think, as PT said, it's like once the first happens, do you know what I mean? You're always going to think that was the best. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I, the, like, as he said yesterday, he was on Game On. He was like, there was nearly a delay once it happened. Like, once Aldo hit the ground, there was like, once the punch landed, everything went quiet. And then when he hit the ground stiff, everyone was like, <laughs> like, had no idea what had just happened. How did you react? Professional. Yeah, but like... No, I, look, first of oh, all, the exactly UFC happened, probably though. have secret people watching you at all times, yeah. right? But genuinely, what I did do was my, my mouth opened and I said, yeah. what the fuck? Because I was standing beside one of the stewards and I said to her beforehand, I said, just so you know, if Connor wins here, run because there's going to be pints of beer thrown everywhere. Like, yeah. So I was standing there and like, I was um, like literally, I was in the one place, like just not believing what I had just seen. So the thing that kind of snapped me back into reality was there was these eight dickheads like bounding down the stairs, like going absolutely nuts when Connor had like literally like celebrating as if they had just done it themselves. And I, to be honest, like most of the crowd was like that. So I'm not going to, I'm just annoyed because they bumped into me on the way down and one of them tried to grab me in a headlock screaming. And me being the alpha male tough guy that I am, Sean, you know, <laughs> duck the head a little bit, right hand on the back of the elbow, slip it out, you know, a little bit of jiu-jitsu. And I said, don't you dare fucking put your hands on me again. <laughs> and you know what? He looked yeah. me dead in the eye and then turned away and started celebrating with his mates. Nice. I was just Alpha male shit, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Did you hear I that? Just, that I was me. That was shock. me slapping my chest. Listen. Did you get it, no? You finished now? Go on, yeah, yeah. finish. Yeah, I'm done. I, mean, I just went into a fucking state of shock, to be honest. Like, I was I was watching because, like, when you break down fights, like, I tried to do, like, in fucking depth, like, 3,000 words are on on it and talking, like, five <laughs> different podcasts about it. And it went over in 13 seconds. <laughs> like, I was really intently watching it. And like, then he just got knocked out straight away and I just jumped up and I was like, like, I, w- I wasn't celebrating like that or anything. I was just standing there like in shock. I was like, what? What just happened? Don't get me and wrong, I'm, Sean. Yeah. The fix was in. The fix was in. Yeah, but like I was there, I was watching with Patrick and my father and Patrick was just like, what? Holy shit, holy shit. Just roaring, like knocked over a glass. And my father was there like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> He's like, he didn't even know it was over. He's like, what, what the fuck happened? Is he like, are they restarting it again? Like, or what? It was just complete shock. And I was like, I was sitting down. And I was like, I was like texting someone. And my hands were just shaking. I was like, what the fuck is after happening? <laughs> like, it was like. It was. It was the most shocking moment I have ever experience like in in sports at all like i i just didn't think i didn't like it wasn't something i was expecting to see like i i was expecting mcgregor to knock him out i thought that would happen eventually but after 13 fucking seconds i just couldn't believe it It was unbelievable that's pretty like that's pretty much the fairest thing to say it was unbelievable the irish fans for connor's entrance as always were outstanding like literally the whole thing like and then everyone being like like all of the f- experts on Facebook. Wait, there's two things that I hate now after this week. Okay, yeah. There's the people that were like, that was a fix. He took a dive. The money the was in. Right, that's fair enough. People can be idiots. But then yeah. the other people that are MMA fans that are like, 
God, I hate bandwagoners that won't show Jose Aldo any respect. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. people are going to people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Dickhead's going to dickhead. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. because you've got social media doesn't mean you turn into some social justice warrior and be like, guys, come on, I hate all of you. Like, fair enough, John Kavanaugh said it perfectly. And he says it after all of his fights. It seems like he has to say it after Connor's fights because Irish fans... Go at the, the go at the guy that's just been beaten. But this is a different type. This is like, oh, none of you even realize because he's been the champion for ten years, and I've been watching it for ten years, and he is so great. And fair play to Connor, but Jesus Christ, you guys, you know, like that is just. I my biggest problem with it was the way Aldo was portrayed. Like, yeah, like I don't mind Dickhead saying that, but like, but this fucking. This world tour and that crowd in Dublin were just fucking sickening to me. Exactly, like, and like, th- that's Aldo's what I mean. Great, dickheads gonna yeah. dickhead. Yeah, but still, I I think they should be called out for being dickheads as well. You know what I mean? Like fuck them. <laughs> I like I, I fucking I've the utmost respect for Jose Aldo. I think Conor McGregor has John Kavanaugh has. Is, I, when I say I think Conor McGregor has, I know he has. He like he said it straight afterwards. Um. Uh, John Kavanagh has like, and I think he he really deserves it. But we we talk about Jose Aldo more in a second, and what's next for him again? But the fight itself, well, what did you think of? Like, do you think it was too short? Do you do you think you got your money's worth? I know you you were obviously there as media and stuff, but if you bought it, do you think you got your money's worth? Or I think what, the, what was yeah. your impressions? I I would be very interested to hear if. Anyone gets on to us from this podcast, because I know there's a lot of people there that listen. If there was anyone there that felt you didn't get your money's worth or value's worth, please let us know. Because the main people that I saw saying stuff like that is, were people that weren't there. Do you know that sort of way? And it's like, to for me anyway, to witness these like once in a lifetime, like Irish sporting moments... Or mixed martial arts sporting moments, like do you know what I mean? To say that you were there when Conor McGregor knocked out the pound for pound number one guy, do you know what I mean? It's pretty huge, no matter how long it went or how short it went. And like, for me, was, and it's like, the, but like, yeah, I know you're paying all that money. You want to see maybe a bit yeah. of a contest. Some people had already seen twenty nine fights that weekend, yeah. do you know, or at least were at one of the other shows and had been in the venue from early on the night, so they're getting great fights throughout the night. I think it just fits the McGregor ethos perfectly. No damage, in and out, do what you said. And did you see there was like, as well as I was talking about the, the D-O-double-G gifts that are going around the yeah. place, there's one of Connor's dressing room beforehand because they didn't put, yeah, a, yeah. They didn't put a towel over their monitor. And um, you see Connor practicing the exact shot that he hit Aldo with. Yeah. Like, and not even this now. Connor has severely mind-fucked any of his future opponents, I think. Bar guys like and I listening to him in the MMA hour like I want to see Anthony Pettis fight Connor at one fifty five I want to see Tony Ferguson fight Connor at one fifty five but I do think there's going to be some guys that when now facing Conor McGregor it's just going to be such a task in itself do you know knowing that you have to fight Connor knowing that he's done what he's done um yeah look for me. I think the fight, people, like I was listening to Off the Ball there last night and the lads were saying, oh, we just stay up till half five in the morning and then it was, you know, it was all over in 13 seconds and it was kind of, oh, it was kind of a downer, like, you know, we were set up for that and it's over straight away. For me, it was the ultimate crescendo, I thought. I thought it was just fucking madness. Like, I, 
Like, how could it have ended any better? How could it have been more entertaining? Like, more emphatic. You get any entertaining? Pop, knockout. Is that like for me? Bap, bap, knockout, <laughs> gone. Lights out. A guy who's never had his lights put out before. I was just. I thought it was unbelievable, and I think. You, I said there earlier about doing the fucking 3,000 words on the fight. I think the fight, the what happened in the fight, was actually like, in a very, very short time, it showed like the whole, like, everything that the fight would have boiled down to in a longer time. Yeah. It was Conor McGregor hitting him with more power than Jose Aldo hitting him. It oh, no, Conor no, McGregor. no, no, no. Conor hit him with, Conor hit placement. Connor yeah. didn't. I don't think Connor hit. I don't think Connor hit him was, ho- harder than Aldo hit yeah. him. I was just about to say, it, it's Conor McGregor's range. Conor McGregor hit from the range he wanted to hit from. Josie Aldo reached into the range, like you could see as um, John Kavanaugh called yesterday in the MMA. Or he threw the Fedor kind of punch. It was the the right hand kind of trip to the chin. The kind of it wasn't really a fake right hand, or it wasn't really a punch. It was kind of you know a measuring stick, kind of to throw the big kind of overhand left loop and hook. And that was a kind of that's a big big shot. You might land like one of them in fifteen you throw, but McGregor's one high high impact, high probability, just beautiful. And he from the perfect range. He used his lint. He used you know he used all the skills he has. As a southpaw as well, you know, it was perfect for him. And I, I thought it was, it summed everything up that the fight was going to be in those 13 seconds. And I thought, I thought it was just fucking brilliant. It was an unbelievable shot. Like, he saw, he said Aldo was going to throw that, you know, he was going to reach into the right hand. It was, Aldo always had to put him on the back foot. You know, that was, that was the whole thing. And the difference is, I think McGregor is so good of a counterfighter. And we spoke about it a bit last week. And he really rolled back the years to his, his counter-punching. I put, uh, put that video, was it Paddy Darty knocked out in four seconds? Counter-punch knocked him out. Ivan Bushinger counter-punch knocked him out. Beat up Marcus Brimage with counter-punches knocked him out. You know, it was, a, it was a perfect, perfect punch. Landed at the perfect time in his career. Unbelievable. On the perfect night, in the yeah. perfect scenario. Do you want to use the word once more before we get off it? Perfect. 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 Anyway, if we're if we're looking at it from that point of view, though, he has just—I don't want to say make a complete statement because he's been making statements throughout his entire UFC career. But the whole back up what he puts down sort of thing, like the Mystic Max stuff, like I don't know—the Illuminati's at work here or something, Sean. There's no way. <laughs> Someone can keep getting stuff right so convincingly. And then we have, like, Rosie Sexton taken to her, like, thrown on Facebook saying that the secret is bullshit and the law of attraction is bullshit. She's dead, right? Maybe if she had it used some... Oh, no. I'm not even going to go down that way. Uh, I disagree. I believe in it. I think it all works. Well, you're a fucking retard. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's bullshit, like... It's not. He knocked him out because... I, look, I know that. Look, I, okay, fair enough. Artist. Some some of the secret stuff. Since they portal with him, that's okay. What you want. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> your knees are your elbows, guys. Your feet are your hands. He didn't win because he taught it. He won because he did it. <laughs> now, I have to say, shout out to the best comment about Ido Portal over the weekend. Someone said, "What is? What even is he? <laughs> A muscle was the response. 
<laughs> Do you like the way everyone's calling him Sinsay Portal now? That was fucking me who started I that. know it was you. John Kavanagh called him yesterday on the MMAR and everything. It's fucking fucking brilliant. But my, um, my point was, like, I do believe elements and parts of the circuit. I do believe that if you, if you think bad, bad things will happen. Ah, well, yeah, I agree no, with that. And I, and I believe, like, if you are positive and, like, have good energy and stuff like that, then, more, like, if you're thankful, I do believe that if you're thankful for what you have and grateful for what you have, the universe will somehow just give you more stuff to be grateful for. Okay, that is what I believe. I believe in, and I do believe in that constant like uh, reaffirmation, like writing to yourself. And from the other side, like it just looks like, oh, that's a cute thing that D is doing for Connor, writing on his water bottles. But that is out of the whole thing of the secret, you know, constant reaffirmation of what you're gonna do, what you're gonna become, all of that stuff on his water bottles. So if we leave it at that, there are some bits that are bullshit. There are some bits that I think work a lot. Can we agree to that? Like- I believe if you do good things Do you know what I was going to do there? I was going to find a bit in this 24 minute clip Where you said yes And then just paste it in there there. Edit the podcast I think I still might (laughs) No I don't Yes But like I uh, Like You know I believe in If you're just a a good person If you're a good person You surround yourself with good people You do good things Like it'll all work out in the end So that's basically the same thing Right, get back to the fight and talking about this voodoo bullshit. Um, with the weight cut, what I know you love giving out about people being nutritionists on Facebook and robbing what John Kavanagh said. No, no, not stuff. even that. Not Go even on, nutritionists. Psychologists. I have a problem with the Facebook psychologists. Aldo was beat. He didn't even look McGregor in the eye. What an idiot. <laughs> he didn't even look at McGregor in the eye like he was completely bad. Connor is the man. Woo! Oh you my see the god! Picture I posted yeah, I did, and fair play to you. I was hoping someone would do it, and yeah. I was like, "Of course, Sean Sheehan delivers with the goods." It's like those are the people that are like, "Oh, by the way, do you know that video I did with the Irish fans?" Yeah, that was it, good. Actually, it was only about three minutes long. I had enough. I had about nine minutes worth of footage, but couldn't put any of it in because then you realised who was on cocaine when you looked at it on the video, <laughs> who had been taking yokes. <laughs> And who said? And what about the fans? <laughs> and then who started shouting like <laughs> the amount of times IRA chants like interrupted <laughs> videos like they saw a camera and they start singing wolf tones or fucking ooh oh yeah, that is that is the wolf tones uh, and the the fields of Athen Rye with the IRA version was ridiculous like you saw the video I posted on my Instagram on Facebook Andrew uh-huh. Andrew when are we getting the six counties back? <laughs> I was just oh, like, yeah, I was like that. that's not going to make it in, I'm afraid, my friend. <laughs> All right, sure, you'll have that. Ridiculous. But what did you what did you think of the weight cut anyway? I heard you saying he looked better than ever. Did you really say that? Did I? I think you might have said that. Where? He looked better than the last time, maybe. Well, maybe better. Well, he looked better than July, and he looked better than Boston. So in my head, I'm thinking it's the best he's looked this year. Uh, to be honest... The way Connor's face is, right? When Connor is fully hydrated, he has a really defining <laughs> structure on his face in terms that his temple kind of goes down straight towards his eyes. Does that make sense? If you look at a picture of Connor, like when he's facing the camera, like clenching and stuff like that, you see that his head kind of just goes down by his eyes and it squares off a little bit. And you can see that he, is a, he has a, a strong jawline anyway. And that is where the weight will suck in. Like I am... Pushing my face together now to emphasise 
what kind of happens with his jaw. So you know where I'm going with that? Yeah. It's like when a person <coughs> sucks in the side of their, their cheeks. I genuinely thought it was Paddy Hoolan walking out when he came out. Really? Genuinely thought it was Paddy Hoolan for a second. He well... Looked, like, he said it himself, like, he looks he looks fucking terrible at the weigh-ins. But he's always going to when he cuts down on the weight. Like, I, I don't think he made any difference. I thought he looked the exact same as he did last two or three weigh-ins. John Kavanaugh, as you say, as he said, like <clears throat> it's not really healthy for him to get down there. He's he's making it like he had George Lockhart this time, and I kind of heard about it a, a, a yeah. bit before. John John and, spoke about it yesterday as well. Yeah, it was George Lockhart really got him. He got him to a place where he's never been before. Um, rehydrating one forty four point eight. Yeah, but the, the the cut he cut in such a way that he could rehydrate healthier than he's ever done it before. And, like, if it had gone full fire rounds, I think you would have seen that, obviously, in the next... The next day, I, like... <clears throat> the Mindes fight last time, I thought he looked terrible in the cage the day after. I thought he looked awful, to be honest. And that had a lot to do with the knee as well, I think. And I think John Cameron has said it a couple of weeks ago in one of his articles that McGregor, McGregor thought the fight was kind of going to be off when Aldo pulled out. And He did you know, say he, something like, it's yeah, incredibly he, hard to stay disciplined when you yeah. don't even know if you're going to fight or not. Yeah, which look, leads me to I believe think, a couple of steak dinners were had. Yeah, look at the look at the video of Dana White when McGregor when Dana White and McGregor when they announced Aldo's gone. You know when they're sitting in that TV oh, studio, Connor was fuming. And look at him on Jimmy Kimmel. It was around the same time before each fights, before that fight and before this fight. He looked great on Jimmy Kimmel. He looked healthy. He looked like it was all on well. Look at him in the cage that night, and look at him in the cage the weekend. He looked an awful lot better, I thought. Yeah. I thought on Saturday night he looked a hundred percent. He looked great. And, uh, George Lockhart is obviously very, very job. He's I think he's the best in the world. People talk about Dolce. We've talked about Dolce before. George Lockhart is like a professional Mike Dolce. He's like a fucking. Well, first of all, Mike Dolce was there at the weekend as well. Okay. Yeah. First things first. I think Dave Fogarty might have got a picture with him to take the piss out of him, and um. There was just something that really annoyed me. Like, Mike Dolce at every wins. You know what I'm going to say here? He's millimeters away from his fighter. So he's in, and I don't, I shouldn't have even said his fighter, his client, because he knows nothing about fighting. And he, if you believe what's put on the internet about him, he knows fuck all about nutrition as well. He literally is by their shoulder with a big smile on his face as if to say like, yeah, bro, this is all me. I've done all of this. Let me get in this picture as well, yeah. so people can see me. Right, we'll we'll take the Dolce shit out in another day. Speaking of bullshitters, all come on, Ida Portal. What do you think? We spoke a bit about him last week. What do you? I don't like how reason? you. Ju- I, well, I do like it because it was it was slick as fuck. How you just transitioned <laughs> from bullshitters to Ida Portal. I was like, the way I'm looking at it, and what I think about it all is that it's. I think it's a coping mechanism for Connor. I have a theory as well. Do you want to hear it? You go first. Did you? You're probably too young to remember it, but do you remember when Steve Collins fought Chris Eubank and Cork, and he had like a psychiatrist with him? You, you, maybe you don't know about that, but it it was huge at the time. It was probably before a little bit before your time. You're a lot younger than me, but uh, people listening will definitely know about it. He had like this guy, and he he was saying like I don't know what he's saying. He was uh, a hypnotist. Oh, he was saying he was a hypnotist, but it turns out he was actually like a psychiatrist and stuff. And he brought him to the ring with him and all. He said he was going to hypnotize him before the fight and just like playing pure mind games. And Chris Eubank 
um, tried to pull out of the fight and he like he said the morning that like he's not fighting a human he's fighting a guy that's going to be in a trance and everything and I kind of reminded me a bit about that like it's all I think it was all like to play into fucking mind games with Aldo a bit as well as just to keep it like supple and stuff you know this guy is obviously a fucking unbelievable athlete and stuff and he's uh like it's just like yoga, really. The stuff he does, you know. McGregor could easily have got like some several movement specialists have just slammed their laptops against the wall now <laughs> after hearing you say that. What? That's exactly. It's what just it is. like yoga. It is a little bit of fucking, a little bit of stretching. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me just put up my candle here with a punch. One second, let me. <laughs> Do you know what the best part of it was? Um, what's your man's name? Oh, Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward like dancing around Conor McGregor in the <laughs> out in front of the, the big house that, I thought that was the funniest part of all them embedded go on so tell us what you think about about Ito Portal I actually like Cincy Portal now I've turned around I've got I, I think he's fucking hilarious like I was a bit worried coming up that, that he like that McGregor was gone full John Lennon but I don't think so now I think I think he knows himself I think he knows what he is what do you think about Cincy the honourable Cincy Portal like from watch, I, I watched a couple of interviews with him since last week, like different stuff. And yeah. he comes across as a bit of a rude bastard, to be honest. Sometimes, like. And there is a bit, like, there's a bit of a holier than thou, this is the way, sort of. I don't want to say, like, vibe often, but I think what he does with Connor and what he, Connor does for him is literally. It's something for Connor to do. Like, it's. Like, Connor has always spoke about like he's oh like this isn't just like conor mcgregor googled something one day and decided hmm i should do this he has always been fascinated by movements from his first ufc fight to this one he's always mentioned it's been a common theme i'd say conor stumbled across him online online saw videos of him and thought i'd like to work with this guy so what for what he does it's good ido portal is probably having to work on his feet in terms of developing a system for combat or that he, that he could, sorry, Sensei Portal, that he could then apply and teach to Connor. But he also said that Connor is pretty much a novice in his teachings. He said that a in the MMA belt, hour said, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It it's different. Like it's lit- I think it's just a thing. Like Connor spoke about waking up on fight morning and absolutely nothing was wrong with him. And that is because of Edo Portal. That is because of the movements, the drills. The warm downs, the cool downs, the stretching, and all of that stuff. I firmly believe that the in, the training that they've done together, over from the time from when say Connor had his last sparring session or his last hard training session to the fight, I would say that Ido had a massive influence in getting Connor into the shape, the state of relaxation, the state of zen that he was talking about. That is what I think. Um, got it. Like, did anyone actually expect Connor to come out and try some of them Tekken style sweeping leg kicks on Aldo? Sharido probably taught him that left hook. Let's be honest here. Well, look, all I'm saying is, Sean, Connor. <laughs> Ronda Rousey. Ronda Connor, Rousey no, needs no, to no, get no. Ido as her head coach. That's Wait a second. Needs. Connor moved to the side yeah, before he, he punched moved. him. Movement coach. What, what is Ido? Movement coach. There we have it. And it's Ido. Drops Mike. So, exactly. what I am saying is that I do think he got Connor into the state of limberness and flowiness. Nice and flowy, Artem. Yes, let it flowy. Art Abner. Abner. Let it go flowy. Who's the other one? Marcin. Let the shots go there, Marcin. Nice and flowy. 
Right. But jo- like, Aldo. No, that's is that not I fair know. enough for me to say? Yeah. I'm not saying that he had this, he taught Connor how to fight or anything like that. Or he's claiming that he he I don't think he would claim the victory in any way, shape, or form. And the <laughs> He probably would. No, I don't th- like look at him on the MMA hour he pretty much yeah. said that he like has he hasn't lived at home in five years. He hasn't had a home in five years. He's constantly around the world, like working with people. And that not that he was a little bit skeptical about working with Connor, but that he he genuinely wouldn't be able to just focus with Connor because of all of his other work. And I think, yeah, fair enough. If this was a guy who was a scam artist and looking to make a quick buck, who's he working with? Who else is he working with? Thousands of students. Is he? Yeah. All right. Asher, fair play to him. Jordan, is a great way to make a few bucks. Oh, you are a better man. <laughs> go on. I, I, I love go you on. Go on. Go on. Go on. But Jose Aldo, did you feel sorry for him afterwards? Oh, yeah. Don't, like, I, yeah. Be, and first of all, has that translator been fired yet? No. I thought I saw something on Twitter about him being fired. Apparently, oh, maybe, oh, apparently he misquoted Aldo in the octagon. Yeah. He yeah. made Aldo look like a really sore loser in the octagon. And obviously, I if the rumors are true, Super Callow will be replacing uh, the translator in the He'd UFC be the in best the near man future. For the job, let's be honest. A complete honorable man and attorney. Like yeah. attorneys don't lie. So first of all, he he'll get the he'll get the job. But I think people like Aldo was devastated, and people are like, did the UFC release that locker room footage, or who took the pic? Like, where did it first come from? Because I They're know on those. YouTube. Yeah, but exactly. Those streams stay live throughout the fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then afterwards as well, we we joked about Paige Van Zandt's reaction when Chad Mendez got knocked out from Aldo. Or from Mendez. Or from McGregor, sorry. I do believe that they should be shut off as soon as they leave. Because I don't, like, I did feel... I don't think they should be on at all. I think they're bullshit. Well, so do Aldo. Like, maybe Aldo's camp didn't want to see uh, him practicing double legs. At the start of the fight Like as far as Like from what I was told And this was from like American journalists That know Aldo's camp That were talking to them And they're like uh, <laughs> The game plan Was to take Connor down For five oh. rounds But I think he just wanted That dig in at the start And it, don't get me wrong It landed And it landed hard And if Connor hadn't Hit the coffin nails um, As uh, Jordan Green. Green said In the press room He's there like That would have been The only time That he can ever remember In a fight Where the last shot in the fight landed the guy lost oh yeah because oh, well, like because let's be honest if, well, yeah, if John McCarthy was closer I think that fight stopped as soon as Aldo hits the ground the coffin nails aren't necessary he went stiff he was unconscious when he hit the ground when he was on his way to the ground and kind of hitting the ground may have jolted him fights? up a little bit what about like. fights that got a decision okay well aside from that you know the point I was trying John to make John Breen I was looking at pictures of John Breen he's some he's some man isn't he why are we looking Jesus. at pictures of him? The big beard of him. Beard oh, of him. the beard is ridiculous. He said it's Jesus. been a year and a bit growing. and A year? Look, like 10 years and a bit. No, of only a year. And a mohawk. And hair in him. He's big fan man. of severe MMA too, Sean. Some man. Fair play to him. But yeah, Arnaldo, I think it's a pity. We, uh, we touched on it a bit earlier on that, you know, a lot of people see him, you know, that might not be an MMA fan, see him as like, this guy that Conor McGregor has been taking the piss out of for the last year and, you know, a guy that got roared at in Dublin and stuff and don't, like, don't know about his, how good a fighter he is. Like, after that Chad Mendes fight, I was thinking about, like, he's up there with John Jones as the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Like, I was genuinely thinking that. 
just he's just so fucking good like technically brilliant in every aspect like I, I in my thing my um, pr- um breakdown before the fight like I described him as perfect as a perfect fighter he really is he's re he's so so good like and it's a pity to see him go out like that like a quick KO like I'm not taking it away from Gregor I, and I don't agree with the people who said it wasn't a fight that it was just you know it was a knockout it was a fight it might have been a very short fight but it was it, you know it, it doesn't matter if it if it ends in a second or exactly. in 25 minutes a fight's a fight and, that, and that's it you have to keep your hands up for the whole time but it was just unfortunate for him that it, that it ended that way My, uh, I'd like oh, I'd on. like to see I'd like to see him get a rematch at some stage but I don't think it should be an immediate rematch and I suppose we can we can move on to that. What do you think is next for Conor McGregor and stuff? Well, if I can just finish on the Aldo discussion. Do. If we're talking about the sadness and you feel a bit sorry for him, like, he was devastated. Do you know what I mean? And imagine, yeah. like, you see his corner. Oh, my God. Demetrius Johnson was the most entertaining thing in his corner footage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just popping up behind the guy. <laughs> and the fact, like, the best thing was that guy was sitting down and Demetrius stood up and he was just about taller than the guy. Yeah. It was just his head. So, like, Aldo was devastated, like, and it was hard to watch, to be honest, from that point of view, because, yeah. no, like, not wanting to sound like one of those Facebook people, he is, like, he was the most dominant champion that the UFC have had. Like, and he was one of the best fighters that the UFC have ever had. He's one of the best fighters that mixed martial arts has ever had. But this is the sad case that we keep seeing in mixed martial arts now of fighters that maybe have kept fighting when they could have retired. Like, the, he's in 29 I I know he's what 29 he's yeah. only 29 yeah he's two years older than Connor yeah there you go mm-hmm. sorry My, Rob debunking your, your bullshit but I'm not gonna say debunking <laughs> but if you want like fair enough but he's been on top of the like, world for 10 years okay you have do, you want a, do you want an analogy just no let me finish and go then on. you can the, the way that I'm saying is like there's there's a time for a fighter to go out on top. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah, fighters need to realise when that time is because there is always someone coming up behind you that can get you. Do you know? And there was talk about Aldo retiring after uh, the first Mendes fight. Do you know what I mean? That was going to be it. No. Yeah, maybe not the first Mendes fight, but one of his most recent fights, pe- people were like, maybe it was the second Mendes fight. No, I don't think so. I think you're pulling that under your hat. I'm not pulling it out of my hat. Uh, you are. I'll Google it now then. You go on but and make your point. I, don't, I agree with the second part that there's always a younger guy coming up that's going to beat you that's going to be better. But I don't think you should retire before that guy comes necessarily. Like, an MMA fighter's career is like, do you remember that guy Felix Baumgartner who jumped out of the, the fucking spaceship and had like the biggest free fall ever from from uh, from the sp- space to the earth? Do you remember he did it like last year, the Red Bull thing? Remember that? No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And MMA fighter's career is like that, right? You jump out at that start and it's go, just going up and up. And, and no one cares till the end. You're, you're picking up speed. And then at one stage, you hit, you hit that fucking thing. What's it called? Um, terminal velocity. You, you, you know, when you hit terminal velocity, right? They, so they fall out, they pick up speed, they pick up speed, then they hit terminal velocity. And then they go along at that speed. Is that the that, WEC? Aldo was, Aldo was still going up and up in the WEC and when he came like maybe the first Mendes fight he hit terminal velocity he reached his top he reached his peak and it's been his peak it's been his peak it's been his peak for the last three or four fights and then you pull your card and your big flap comes out your back and you go and you slow down 
and you slow down and then eventually you hit the ground and you slow and that's it and Aldo now is currently he's pulled off straps he's on his way he's reaching the ground he might have a little bit more flow left in him he might be a little bit flowy but the end is coming and I know he's only 29 but a fighter's career only lasts so long and he's taken an awful lot of damage recently He's had an awful lot of fights. He's had an awful lot of injuries. I feel silly now that he's 29, but it's because yeah, he's been it, around forever that you would assume that he yeah. he's in his it, 30s. Like. Age isn't really a big thing in MMA. It's how many fights you've had. It's how many injuries you've had. It's how much damage you've taken. It's how many fights you've had. Like yeah, but um, you ha- like your your point is. I see your point. I see your point. Like he's he's coming to the end of his years. Like you know, for what, example, oh, if he fights Max Holloway next, I think he loses that fight. I don't think so. I think he beat Holloway. I don't think Holloway. Holloway wasn't that impressive at the. But he fought against a guy that did not want to let Holloway fight the way that he fights. Like, yeah, that is. You know what I mean? Is. Stevens had a great game plan. He still got beaten, like, but like Holloway, and you could see how pissed Holloway was afterwards, like, looking yeah. fly as shit in his suit, like that is like, and also his his little promo after the fight was very mind boggling, like. Mind-boggling, man. Terrible. Nearly as bad as Chris Weidman's dad grabbing the mic. Did he? I didn't see that. Chris Weidman's dad grabbed the mic off Joe Rogan at the end. He's like, he's still my boy. (laughs) I didn't see that. Oh, my God. It was so funny. Do you want to hear a little pet peeve of mine? Yes. Do you know, we we were doing this thing where where I go mad about something. Here's my pet peeve. And I'm not going to go mad, but I'll just explain what it is. When people before a fight say... I'm not, I can't pick against the guy until I see him lose. I fucking hate that. It just, oh, you're, you might as well just tell everyone I've not backbone and I won't pick someone to lose even if I think they lose because they haven't lost yet. I fucking hate that. Like if you think Conor McGregor is better than Jose Aldo and you don't pick him because you can't pick someone until you see Jose Aldo lose, you have no fucking backbone. If you think fucking Anthony Johnson is going to beat John Jones when they fight, and you pick John Jones because you can't pick against anyone until John Jones loses. I, I don't like you. I hate you. You're a terrible person. You pick. You don't pick because someone holds a belt. You don't pick because someone hasn't lost in 10 years. You pick the person you think is going to win because they're the better fighter at that time. Like, I picked Ken Velasquez to beat Fabrizio Verdum. Not because I think Verdum was better, because I think because Kane was coming off of two years of an injury and he only had a few months training and I was at a high level and Fabrizio Verdum had already fought there. And I think, he, I thought he had the advantages. If they fight again, I think Kane will beat him. So like, uh, that's just one of my pet peeves. People picking people just because they're the champion or just because, you know, they, they haven't lost in a while. People, you only haven't, yeah, a win streak only goes until you lose. <laughs> that is the most... Obvious thing you've ever said in your life. True though, it's true. The right. grass what's ne- what's, is green. What's next for McGregor? What do you think? Let us know. Right, we've got about thirty minutes left. Right, so we need we're, to run into overtime. Rockets we're into, this. Where are you going? I have to go to Dublin for the radio. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake! But like, we okay. still we we'll get to about an hour and fifteen minutes. All right, maybe an hour and twenty. So next for McGregor, I have to. I can't see it's anything other, like. First of all, before we get on to it, can we talk about this alleged rift between Connor and the UFC? There's questions about it. We can, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll wait till then. Um, right. Next for Connor, Frankie made such a statement at the weekend. Um, at least she got the method right and round right. But 
<laughs> fuck, fuck you. But aside from that, I was like, I would like to see Connor try get that 155 pound belt. And to be honest, the funny thing, the best thing about the MMA interview yesterday with John Kavanagh was that he didn't exactly say Dana White's a liar, but Dana White on Fox said, John Kavanagh just told me in the hallway that he is <laughs> never going to fight at 145 pounds again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then John's like, well, I didn't actually speak to Dana on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. And then he recounted his conversation with Joe Silva. So all of these points will lead perfectly to my uh, discussion at the end about the UFC and Connor. But um, <clears throat> to me, 155 pound title unification bout, it has to be it. Any interest in a rematch immediate? <sighs> Maybe. But... Like obviously the UFC have set its precedent for rematches in the past. Yeah. And I don't know if Aldo will want this as quick as maybe Connor would want to fight. Do you know that sort of way? For the belt? Yeah. I would like to see Aldo fight someone, one more person at forty five, and then just as a maybe get his head straight sort of fight and then yeah. come in and fight Connor maybe late two thousand sixteen. Or follow Connor up and fight him at 155 yeah. I think that would be a better match for the two I think the fight would be I a agree. lot better at 155 here's what I think should happen I think he should Connor should fight Frank Edgar next in uh, April or whenever it is then he should fight for the 155 pound belt against Cerrone if he wins I actually don't think he will but the 155 pound belt at UFC 200 and I think on UFC 200, Jose Aldo should fight Anthony Pettis at 155. Oh. And then at the end of the year, show Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo for the 155 pound title. She knows. I don't know that. I, didn't know I, I don't think that will podcast with Sean Shelby. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Very cool. I'll give you that'd that. Be pretty cool. But what do you like? Is that what you think will happen, or is that what you want to happen? I actually think he will get like a, I can't see him not getting like the the lightweight title fight is just this weekend. Yeah. Do you know? So it's in a per like they have a perfect opportunity to yeah. the two guys like assuming one of them gets out of there re- relatively unscathed. Do you think it's a case of does Anios won't get it and Cerrone will get it if he wins? No. I uh, like well, I first of all, I've been caught up in this whole I think it was Graham that was maybe saying it. He's like Dasanios looks like a completely different person. Potter has been saying as well. Yeah, Jeremy too. And I was kind of like, I saw, they showed me one picture, but I saw a picture of him the other day at training and he looks still ripped as ever. Yeah, I thought he looked fine as well. I don't know so I don't know, what they're, I don't know what's going on there, like, but um, I don't think, I think Connor gets it either way, no matter who. Like, I think the Cerrone fight is more entertaining and it'll give the Irish fans another chance to fight the Cowboys after last week in the MGM because the rodeo was on. <laughs> um, but aside from that, it's like, I do think Conor getting a title shot at 155 is next. Yeah. I want him to fight Frankie Edgar next, and I think he will fight Frankie Edgar next, to be honest. Uh, yeah, maybe their weight cut thing now that they can bring Lockhart in from an earlier time could make it even easier. Yeah. But... I do think I do agree with you. I think that Frank Edgar fight will be his last fight at one forty-five. What do you think about the belt? Do you think they'll let, let, allow him to bring up the belt? Well, look, this is all down to the UFC alleged rift with Connor. Yeah. So Dave Schaller gets up, does the press conference, probably 
got a bollocking from the UFC for not standing on the dais during it. Because when Connor talks about the co-promotion thing in the future, having him stand in a position like that already is a bit like... You, they want to kind of, I think they kind of want to pull the brakes on McGregor a little bit in terms of his how fast he's shooting. And it's the monster that, that they've created effectively. So it's kind of funny. But he went to the point of view that... Um, Dave said, oh, well, Dana said our, to multiple TV partners backstage that Connor would vacate the belt if he wanted to move up to 155. Wasn't, he wasn't asked about it in the press conference, but he made a point about going back to the fact that he would most certainly not be vacating any belt if he went up to 155. So it's just interesting little back and forth between the two of them. I'm like, when you look into it, it is kind of cool. I don't see, like, for me, it's stupid. Like, why wouldn't the UFC not let him keep that belt? What he says is true. He is an active fighter. He's fought three times this year already. He wants to fight in April and July, probably October and December next year. Do you know, Conor McGregor probably wants three to four fights next year, being a dual division champion. Why not? Why not let him try achieve that legacy? Why not say that the UFC can say that they have a fighter that successfully had titles in two divisions? And it's because they want to curb the Conor McGregor train, I think. And whether you read into it that there is a rift between them or not, I don't think the UFC are kind of setting a good example to say that there is no rift between them. Like, fair enough, Lorenzo came in and had the toast with him. That was, uh, that was cool, the video that was up on, uh, on the internet. But if you look at it from, like, the fact that Dana had to write to someone on Twitter and say, no, of course there's no problem. It's like, whenever Dana does that, it's usually because there is something going on. Here's what I think they should do. And I think it's a perfect solution for both sides, right? Well then. <laughs> Here you go. Um, McGregor, when, say if he beats Frank or whatever, well, he has the belt now, so he doesn't even need that. If he, say his next fight is a lightweight title, right? He keeps his 145-pound belt, right? Wins the lightweight title. So then he's the, he's both. He's the 145 champion and he's the 155 champion, right? And then he books another fight at 155 to... Um, to defend his belt, but then he gives up his own forty-five pound belt. Then he vacates it, so he doesn't vacate it until after he's a two-way champion. So he's a consecutive two-way champion. Then he says, "No, I'm one for I'm one fifty-five, and I'm staying there. You can have your one forty-five division back." He vacates that title and goes on and just becomes a lightweight in for the rest of his career. Yeah, I think once that makes sense. As long as he gets to the position that he is able to. Uh, to hold both of the belts at one point in his career. I think he'd be all right. But yeah. then he also was like, he still calls himself the 2-8 Cage Warriors world champ because he's never lost those belts either. Yeah. You know, so he'll probably still keep calling himself the featherweight champion even when he... Point. Yeah. either Even when he loses. So like, just the UFC should just let him. Let him go on the tear. Let him try to do it. If he loses one of the belts, grand. It's not going to diminish his ability as, as another title holder. Right. Any final words on McGregor and Aldo? It was great. Him anyway. It was very good in fairness. Fair play to him. Congratulations to McGregor and SBG and all the team. Fair play. And the fact, like, on that, as I said at the start, like, being able to witness, hit, like, literal Irish history unfolding in front of your eyes was, like, and the people posting the Ali picture and the McGregor picture simultaneously, the Sonny Liston and the Jose Aldo KOs, that is that's an iconic picture like there's gonna like as I say before it's like it's very hard to look forward because you can't really appreciate what's happened until it's all finished 
but we are in a golden era of Irish sport at the minute and Conor McGregor is the man leading the front of it he's changed the world as we know it there well, you go now what, more what, importantly my yeah. boy Luke Rockhold unbelievable taking double fingers and putting them right up to Sean Sheehan it was building though all week. Did you, like, I thought like, it was. Yeah, Rockhold's yeah. demeanor at everything. His answers at the at the press conference. His answers at the open workouts. That was a man possessed. That re mm. and his and him in the embedded videos. That was a man that knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, uh, like the more the fight went on, I was talking to Patrick about it. I was like. The more I think, like I still pick Weidman. I, I pick Weidman. I'm not going to back out from that. But like, I, the more I thought Luke Rockhold was going to show up for this, and it was going to be a fucking war. Did you think? Did you think Chris Weidman looked a bit soft? You did, because I certainly fucking did. And if he was a Brazilian, you put, yeah, I was going to say you put up a yeah. tweet if he, if he had been a Brazilian with a sketchy record, and he came in yeah. as light as he did and looked as poor as he did. Look, as I said in the reaction video, Sean, Chad Mendes is 0-2 since July. Jose Aldo has now been knocked out for the first time. Is it for the first time? Or first time in yeah, 10 years? for the first time. For the Never. first time. Lost for the first time in 10 years since July. I'm not going to say that all of these things are linked, but give us a year. Let us see what champions fall. Let us see what top athletes don't look great. And then in a year's time, we can kind of be like, oh, well, what happened this guy? What happened that guy? I don't think Aldo looked particularly soft. I thought a lot of people were talking about it, but I don't think he did to be honest. Wyman did, and there was like, even beforehand, he'd only seven pounds to cut and stuff. Like, he had lost masses of fucking muscle off him, like 25 pounds upwards of weight. And a lot of people were saying, oh, he wanted to be lighter against Wyman or against Rockall because, you know, Rockall's a more nimble guy. He's probably a better athlete. Just Wyman, you know, he looked he looked off. The first round was even enough. Um, Rockall dominated the second round. Wyman was... Wyman was winning the third round actually and, and then that spinning wheel kick got him taken down and he got the shit beat out of him and it was in the din in the fourth. Did you, I presume you thought it should have been in the third, did you? Uh, when he was mounted and getting the shit beat out of him. Well, yes and no. And my my ass from, my way from that is like, for every shot that broke the guard, four of them were blocked by Wideman's forearms. Now I know that they're still impacting him but they weren't the cleanest and Luke Rockhold did the right thing. It's how he finished the fight then in the, in the next round. Volume punches. Shitty, tippy-tappy punches. Do you know what I mean? He did not want to blow his uh, gas tank at the end of that round trying to smash elbows through the guard. He was okay with the accumulative damage of hitting his forearms. Maybe Herb... Like, I, I have only seen it once. I only saw it that time. I need to watch it back. And this time next week, I'll probably say I'm an absolute idiot. That fight should have been stopped in the third round. But I, I do. A, yeah. Go on. I thought it was an absolute disgrace, and I thought I like. I think Herb Dean should be fucking ashamed of himself. If he didn't stop that. Like he could have ruined Weidman forever. That was a ferocious fucking beating. Like there was about forty-five seconds of it at the end there, and there was like three times Rockall kind of stopped. I think it was going to be over. And like on the first one, I thought like, okay, he started again. Now you have to stop it. And he kept doing it, beating him. And then there was like 15 seconds left, and like he was just beating him and beating him. And what about like 10 seconds left? I was like, how is he not stopping? I, this? I do like, think Herb was affected by hearing the clapper. I think yeah, he didn't want to finish it in the last 10 seconds. Yeah, and uh, like, and fair enough, maybe champions deserve that. Yeah, I don't know. They do. I think champions do deserve it, but I think he got it. Like I think he got it before before the last 20 seconds of the round, and I think when there was. 
10, 15 seconds left, that should have been stopped. Like, Weidman had he, no idea where he was in his corner either. Like, yeah. literally was stumbling Longo around after. It. I think Longo's a disgrace as well. He should have stopped it. And Matt Serra, they should have stopped that fight in the corner. He was done. He was finished. Like, when he came out, Chris Weidman's as tough as hell. He's never, ever going to give up. But they, like, they took years off of his life and fucking fights off of his career as well by not stopping that fight. I thought it was horrible. And I hate when things like that, when I see things like that happen. Because Chris Weidman's a great fighter, like, and... Look, you live to fight another day, come back. He was never winning that title and he took unnecessary damage. That's what I thought anyway. But what about Luke Rockhold? I think it was fucking Beast. unbelievable performance from Luke Rockhold. Brilliant. Beautiful, beautiful man. Daniel Cormier always looks hilarious in a Reebok gear with his shirt underneath. And he was like hugging the shit out of Luke Rockhold. And then he probably had to run straight back up to the booth. <laughs> but he, uh, Rockhold just looked so, so good. His, like... A lot, like I think, a lot of people were just kind of throwing out like, ve- like Chris Weidman is the champion, so he automatically has great jujitsu. Do you know that sort of like Luke Rockhold's jujitsu is nearly t- two or three times as good as Chris Weidman? Yeah, Chris Weidman's a wrestler and has great grappling ability. He's also the same guy that almost beat Andre Galvao twice after only doing jujitsu for a year. So I think people have that over him, but like he, he is a. A wrestler for life, do you know what I mean? I think a, like a high-level, high-level wrestler who can pick up martial arts incredibly quick, like he like he can. Fair enough, he's going to give Galvao a hard time due to his wrestling credentials. Luke Rockhold, though, was just... Some of, some of the stuff on the ground, like his, uh, his past amount in the fourth round, like obviously it was combined to, uh, to Weidman pretty much giving up or not being able to defend himself as well, but... I was really impressed with Luke Rockhold's right to fight and he just did exactly what he like fair enough there's probably rounds in the fight that he dropped do you know what I mean it wasn't a yeah. complete Luke Rockhold domination Chris Weidman was Chris Weidman and did very well yeah. but it was just er, the margin of errors need to be minuscule for these big title fights do you know what I mean and to be honest he just I don't want to say he blew it but that spinning heel kick like whether that was as a fuck you to Rockhold because you've been caught with one before whether it's something that he has practiced before in the gym. I've never seen him throw a spinning heel kick. Yeah, I think he'll go down like that chill sand spinning back. Spinning back, yeah. yeah. Go back like that. But I think you hit a great point there that Wyman had his, you know, he had his good points but Rockwell turned around. I think that's a sign of a great fighter that you can be, I won't say in trouble, but you can change things that are going wrong for you in the middle of the fight. And I think, like, Rockhold's best punch, we spoke about it last week, is his right hook, his counter right hook. And Weidman was timing that, and he was getting takedowns from it in the first round. But then they stopped, and Weidman got no takedown in the second round at all. Rockhold started throwing it to the body. He started setting it up better with with um, with his backhand. He started throwing more jabs than hooks. and he, he like The fight he, was a story yeah. of body kicks. Yeah, he Both threw a lot of body kicks. And, Huh, hmm. Who who thought it was a good idea to start throwing kicks to the body to wreck out a gas tank? Yeah, oh, McGregor was that? Where did those guy? guys get yeah. that idea? Oh, I don't know. These guys are looking a bit soft as well. Huh, that's weird. weird. That's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, pretty good. Brilliant. Anyway, but, um, sneering who'd aside. Sh- who do you think should be next for Luke Rockhold? Not Yoel Romero anyway, the cheating really? piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, like, no, like, he, no, no, no. Like, like... Who, who did we have the, the discussion about before that he genuinely is simple as a fighter? And that's why, he, like, Palhares. Palhares yeah. and Yoel Romero are cut from the same cloth, my friend. I he genuinely... He is just, like, he's an embarrassment. Like, I like him. I... First of all, in that fight, Mark Goddard... Brilliant. 
I don't know. Like I, we have said before that he does like to be not that he likes to be the center of attention in a fight, which is is an unfair thing to say. But if Mark Goddard is ref in a fight, like if Herb Dean's ref in a fight, you know it's Herb Dean. And I'm saying that because he's black, okay? It's very visible to notice that Herb Dean is in the cage. But when Mark Goddard is fight is refereeing a fight, you know it's Mark Goddard because the way like you just always see him. Do you know what I mean? I think a good ref shouldn't be seen until until he has to pull the guy off. Do you know what I mean? So for him to do that whole thing, and to be honest, I want to see it back because I don't believe he actually saw the cage grab. I he think did. he was, I, well, if he did, he should have reacted quicker because he didn't react until Jacques Ray turned and started losing the head at him and the crowd went nuts. The no, cr- no, what, what happened was... Don't tell you, me what happened, Sean. I'm making a you point. You probably didn't hear the commentary, did you? No, go on. Well, there you go. <laughs> he had the cage grab, and then Yoel got into, I don't know, was it a mount or was it into the guard? Side control, I think it was. Yeah, and then he said, he stood him up and said, you got that position because you grabbed the cage, and I'm taking that position away from you now because of because you grabbed the cage and got it unfairly. Fair enough. Which then. I think is brilliant refereeing, brilliant. But surely a point should have been taken. Uh, like so many people yeah. in the, like I don't, I haven't read the unified rules cover to cover, but a lot of people in the press room were saying, if you stop the fight and make as big a deal about that for something as blatantly a foul then that's it it should be that should be it over this is, well, this is and the I, best, I, I, I completely agree fucked up you can't take away a point for something as small as that can you like Paige Van Rose Amunis got one point for beating the shit out of Paige Van Zandt for one for five minutes like oh yeah but look that was dead. and you're taking away one point for Yuel Romero grabbing a fin scrap when he still took advantage he got and made and that made no difference. That fight was like if it, if the point had been taken, it would have been a draw. The fight yeah. would have been a draw because the scorecard then would have, the twenty nine twenty eight would have changed to twenty eight twenty eight for a majority draw. <clears throat> or yeah, is it a majority? If uh, if two judges that would have been a draw, yeah, yeah, well a draw either way, it doesn't matter if it's unanimous. But Jack Ray would have won. No, because Jack Ray had one round, Romero had oh, one yeah, round, you're right. yeah, you're and then right. Romero got a 29-28. Yeah, you're right. So, like, and first of all, like, if you want to talk about the lack of 10-8s, I think if Paige, Van, watching the fight with Van Zandt and Namajunas, I was convinced we were going to see a record-setting decision for a five-round fight. Like, something like 24, 23 points for Van Zandt. Yeah, because and there was only one ten eight I think in the entire scorecards from the three judges. It yeah. was an embarrassing. Like thankfully she got the submission, like or she got the finish because otherwise it was gonna be. It would have been embarrassing yeah. to hear that uh, such close a scorecard read out. There was a few ten eights over the week though. I thought gener- genu- generally there was good scoring and there was very good scorecards. Um, who do you think won that Romero fight? I did think Jack Ray won it. To be honest, watching yeah, it at the time, I thought I so. But Romero has power. Do you know what I mean? Like he cleaned Jacare out quite a yes. few times. Jacare was scrambling for his guard, like, and then he was like, "Yeah, come in, come into my guard." Do you know, like with the hands like, coming idiot. towards him, like, and I was just like, and then he got creamed after he did that. It was yeah. brilliant. But uh, no, like um, Romero from uh, I don't know if it was New York Rick, Rick or who said it yesterday. Yeah. Referee should give the warnings in the locker room. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because didn't a fighter come out and say, of course, of course I grabbed it. I knew I was only going to get a warning. Like, you can't, you can't take away points in this current scoring system. It, it means too much. Like, you can't. You need to change the scoring system where taking away a point doesn't fucking take away the whole fight. Like, 
you know. Like, it, and aside from that, like, first, like, the reference, like, if we go back to Goddard for one second, Europe's top ref would edit that, although some people think, uh, who's that other guy in the UK that does the UFC UK Rich, events? Rich Hall, is it? A lot of people think Rich Hall is better because he's just no-nonsense sort of guy. Like, Goddard is, fair enough, he's getting the props, the props that he's getting now, and he probably will be out in Vegas a little bit more afterwards. But, I don't know, I still just can't get over the... My thing with Mark Goddard is, is always going back to the McGregor-Bushinger fight. Do you know what I mean? And I think one instance is just always going to... What did he do? He absolutely, like, he reefed McGregor out of it. When no, Will no, get but, out of I know, he pushed him. Got yeah, out. he pushed him. Who did Conor oh, knock no. out in his last fight? Goddard's top student. Get over it. Do you know what I mean? Okay, who who should be next for Rockwell? So uh, look, I'm just saying. I'm, that is a valid point. Do you know what I mean? If, if I was Conor McGregor and Mark Goddard was going to be refereeing one of my fights, I'd ask the commission to change it because I've already humiliated oh, his best. Fuck, you're talking shit. Now. No, I'm absolutely not. You're talking. I'm shit. absolutely not. What about John McCarthy? So he pushed him off as well. John where McCarthy. Where was, where was, John McCarthy did more Aldin? damage to Jose Aldo than he did where to Conor. Where was I to Bart Aldin? Where was since Bart Aldin McGregor's fallen on his arse after John John uh, McCarthy pushed him down? Why didn't he move? Why didn't he? Why didn't he sweep around? He should have swept around there, landed on his toes. No, I think he you're talking. You're talking pony, yeah, pony. Okay, who should be next for a Rockwell? I think it should be Romero. Who do you think? Belfort? Uh, just give him, He wants Belfort, to be honest. And it'll be the most undeserving thing in the world, but it'll be the funniest thing in the world to see that fight um, again. We need to talk about Gunny and Labov quick before we get to the questions, because I know you're going... On Labov first, he was just out-positioned, out out-jitsued, uh, out-wrestled. First of all, can I just say, your tweet before the Gunnar Nelson and Damian Maya fight was a cracker. What did I say again? If you're sitting near Andrew McGann now before this fight, get the fuck away before he starts talking about jiu-jitsu. <laughs> that was mentioned to me three or four times in the press room, being like, <laughs> Sean Sheehan just did you <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> and I did. I hadn't seen it, and I went down, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. That makes me so happy. <laughs> no, it was, it was top level. The, and I was talking to Artem uh, on Sunday, or on Monday, Sunday when I was going for my plane, like he seems, he seems like Artem always seems after he lost loses. Do you know, like if Artem gets the shit kicked out of him, then he's okay. Do you know what I mean? But that was he was out positioned and like he wasn't in a fight at all there. Do you know what I mean? I I doubt he was hit clean with any strike on the feet. And Ryan Hall's jujitsu was so good. That back, back take, take in the first round, I'm gonna be drilling all week because it is absolutely beautiful. He also. Like, Artem's leg lock defense, heel hook, whatever he was going very for, good. was very, very good. Yeah. His only problem, and it's a testament to Hall's ability, was Artem had his timing down, he had the sprawl down, he was landing in positions. But I think Artem was wary of just disengaging and standing straight back up. He, Artem always wanted to be in a safe position before he stood up. Because I think if he had tried to stand up in that half sprawl position... Hall has transitions to beat the band. Do you know what I mean? And a couple of times, even though Artem sprawled, Hall hit a transition straight away, like like this mad, like inverted De La Hiva sort of position to get into the 50-50 heel hook position, and it works so well for him. So it's like, Ryan Hall isn't just a Iminari role type of guy, do you know what I mean, to try to get the leg locks. He has actions 
to his opponent's reactions. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to understate it, but Ryan Hall's jiu-jitsu in that fight was top class. I have no idea what he's doing fighting at 155. He's, I like, him at 145, he looks like he could make 35. Yeah, to be honest, like... Then they taught me 35 is going to be where he probably fights in the end. But he's one of these guys as well. I think he's kind of out, like the SBG mindset, they don't want to cut weight, so he'd probably end up at 45, and I don't think he'd be cutting weight fighting there. But as you said, like I think a few years ago, Artem probably would have lost that fight. You know, he probably oh, would have doubt. got some minutes. Uh, yeah. Even then, like he still had a couple of good shots that he landed on the feet. It was just a first. Like he's definitely going to get a fight. There's no worry about that. Um, yeah, Hobbs does like Ryan Hobbs is a terrible matchup for him. In fairness, I believe the Saul Rogers fight would have been a better one for him. Uh, yeah, I agree. Although Saul is a very good wrestler, but I think yeah, I, I don't think he would have. They fought before, haven't they? And it was a close fight. Like, Saul won. Long yeah. Time ago. yeah, Saul won. But I think Glabov has improved enough. And I, I do. I hope he gets a, a shot at, in, in the UFC again. Um, Gunnar Nelson, you're a jiu-jitsu expert, right? What the, about Damian? The only thing that I can say about this fight, there was a position in the first round, and I don't want to say that's when Gunny was beat. I agree with you, though. I know what you're going to say. A position in the first round when he was on all fours, Maya was on his back, or almost on his back, and Gunnar did this outstanding forward roll that nearly nearly got himself out of it. Maya transitioned at the last second and locked in a body triangle. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That, I'd say for that to happen you in a fight, you're thinking, fuck. Do you know that sort of way? It was just, damn, like, Talk about the master. Do you know what I mean? My opinion of Damian Maya was clouded going into this fight because when he struggled to get guys down in the past, I had the oversight of not realizing it's against good wrestlers. Uh, Gunner's a great grappler, but he's not a wrestler. Do you know that sort of way? It, it, this yeah. is jiu-jitsu takedowns versus jiu-jitsu takedowns, and Maya was able, to, was able to do it. I just thought it was a perfect, perfect fight for Damian Maya. Like... I, people are kind of rolling their eyes at him saying he can win the title at that division I do believe he could win the title at that division He, I know he has an adverseness to striking people and he'd rather just like submit them but that like a stunning performance from Damien Maia yeah world class like. I think it was Patrick Goyman might have said it it was like a living embodiment of levels like Dam- Gunnar Nelson is unbelievably good but Damien Maia is just another level like he's like his jiu-jitsu was just so much better like Gunnar Nelson was doing pretty well for maybe two or three minutes at the start but as you said Damian Maia started getting getting better positions in him and he kind of he killed his confidence and then he like he took away you know he, he I think it was the end of the first round he landed a lot of big shots remember he was mounted Gunnar Nelson and Gunnar came out in the second round and he just he wasn't hopping like you know his usual self I think it was the same with Joe Lozon in that fight earlier in the week you could see he wasn't his usual self you know he wasn't hopping around that was probably because you took everything out of him by interviewing him but Gunnar Nelson look at the second round he was just scumbag <laughs> Gunnar Nelson just he, the fight was gone out of him by the time the second round came and I, I don't mean the fight was gone out the win was gone out of him you know he fought on till the very end like he, he didn't get finished he kept going but I don't think I think he knew he wasn't winning that fight after after the first round. Damian Maya was just you know on the night he was a different level than him. Maybe if Gunnar would have been able to stay off the floor as you said, he's. I didn't think Maya would be able to take him down to be honest. And to to be fair to Gunny as well, he didn't disengage. He said he wouldn't disengage and he didn't. There was moments when he probably could have stood up, and he didn't. He he stayed down with Maya. He engaged with him and you know he like. 
he lost. He went out in his shield in a jiu-jitsu way, if yeah. you know what I mean. Tell me this. Go on. Did you hear John Kavanagh's cornering in between the rounds? Yeah. Because um, I didn't. I, went, I was over getting cans of Coke because the press room is the best thing in the world. And when I came back, like uh, Jordan Breen and Casey from MMA Fighting were sitting in the row behind me. And they were like, that is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. And I was like, what did he say? And he's like, you can't really hear in the press room because the speakers and people talking. Mm-hmm. I think John said something like, try get top position. He, yeah, he said, try to get the, uh, after the second round, he said, try to get the guillotine position and try to get him down that way or trying to get him into the mount through the guillotine position or try to guillotine him. Yeah, and that but, is going uh, strongest uh, position. Yeah, but, uh, taking like, that on its merits, if you're saying, oh, he's telling him to go to the ground with, with uh, Damian Maya, which is, you know, you shouldn't do that. But I think John Kavanaugh recognised the point I was making beforehand that Gunnar Nelson's legs were kind of gone. You know, I, I, if you're going into a strike a match, that's where you would expect Gunnar to win. But I don't think he could at that stage. Like, uh, after the first round, he, he like, look at him coming out for the second round. He just looked dead on his feet. Like, And I think his only chance of winning that fight was probably to get him in a guillotine. Good news, Sean. Um, yeah. I don't have to go to Newry now before Dublin. Oh, do you not? No. So we can keep going? We can keep going. Sweet. Let's keep going for another while. Well, right, um, I, I still have to get the bus to Dublin, like. So as long okay. as uh, twenty more minutes. Okay. Uh, so from that position, yeah, Gunnar yeah. had him snap down. I think maybe that would be a good enough position for him to then maybe land strikes in the turtle position when he was going for the guillotine. But sitting back for the actual guillotine was, I, I think he did it at one point, and Maya just popped his head out and was like, yeah. "That's it." Like Maya was just too good. Um, I, just a quick word on, on a, the other two cards. Um, the the uh, tough finale card Edgar Mendez we talk about all over but um, what did you think of Edgar Mendez what, what about Chad Mendez he got first he got of all in. this weekend I achieved the life goal of getting to see the two walkouts that I've wanted to see live for such a long time Frankie Frankie mm-hmm. and Jose oh, yeah. two of the best in the game right Frankie Edgar's fight the other night was just phenomenal like the man similar to what Connor caught Aldo with do you know he just perfect punch do you know what I mean and I thought I did think Frankie was going to win but if you had told me before the fight he was about to spark Chad Mendes in the first I would have laughed at you and if we just go back to 194 for a second Frankie uh, Uriah Faber's performance against uh, Frankie Sanez is it Sanez? Sanz? Sainz Unbelievable. That was a fight that Faber had to really dig for. And when, like, he saw Van Zandt get smashed on Thursday, Mendez get the shit kicked out of him on Friday, and he still... And then he had it put up to him as well. That was a big, big performance for Uriah Faber there, and I think I have to give him... And the Irish fans love him. And I don't know whether it was in a condescending way, like, oh, Connor says this guy's no threat, so we can cheer him. (laughs) Or if it was a, we actually like Uriah Faber way, but... Yeah. I just I felt like I couldn't go through this podcast without saying that Uriah Faber is the OG. That was a brilliant performance from him. What do you think Chad Mendes goes from here? Do you think he should go down or do you think he should just fight his way back up? I don't know if he can go down. I don't know if he could make yeah. 135. I the, guy is, the guy is huge. Like you know, I, I'd like to see him at 135. I'd like to see him go after Dillashaw. Yeah. 145 now is like, unf- like, there's no shame in being the fourth best featherweight to probably ever fight in the UFC. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There is there is absolutely no shame in that. And a part of me would like to see him go against McGregor again when he doesn't have a um, a two-week camp sort of thing. But I, I can't see him 
Uh, oh, did you like my tweet, by the way, after that fight? What did you say? I was like, Mendez would have killed Edgar on a fun ca- full camp. <laughs> yeah, he needs two camps. That's what he needs. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think if McGregor goes up, he could open up a whole new world for Chad Mendez. So yeah, one, he like, needs to take a long time off. If McGregor goes up, there's a chance Aldo goes up. Do you know what I mean? Aldo yeah. spoke about 55 for so long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that leaves Max Holloway, Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar. Frankie could be down at 135 by then. Frankie could be up at 155 looking for the McGregor <laughs> fight. Do you know what, what I mean? Did, what do you think of Max Holloway? I thought he was very, very underwhelming. Uh, we spoke about it earlier on. Yeah. I think it was good for the fight that, it, that Stevens was bringing him. Do you know what I mean? I would like to see the evolution of Max Holloway t- in the same way that Conor McGregor has evolved in the sense that he is able to uh, bring the ruckus when he needs to, you know, like physically impose and cut off the octagon a little bit more. But like, I've, I've never been a Max, Max Holloway believer. I know you haven't, but uh, Max Holloway's be, wrestling tough. defense against that cage was something very good against Jeremy yeah. Stevens. McGregor put him down, that McGregor put him down. Uh, Tony Ferguson, Edson Barboza, Hero. probably the fight of the weekend. El Kakui, great man. My, one of my favorite interviewees in history. Tony Ferguson, uh, the next day after the interview, me and the Fogarty brothers were walking over to a diner across the road from the MGMs called Coco's. And Tony Ferguson was either cutting weight or just exercising. Mm. But it was literally half six in the morning, like none of us could sleep. Seven o'clock in the morning. And he was there working out outside the MGM, r- like running. And I said to him, I was like, you, I, you weren't lying when you said you're up at six o'clock out working out. And he's like, I never lie about my training, bro. And then just fucking tuck off like still going okay, like. he is uh, like definitely a guy to like him and him and McGregor is going to be a serious fight at 155 I think it could be for the first time in a couple of years that we have well I was going to say first time in a couple of years we have someone from tough that isn't complete dog shit but uh, TJ Dillashaw I suppose as well is the exception yeah. to that rule and uh, last but not least before we get on to what you think questions. of what do you think of Ferguson Come on, hype him up uh, here. Very good. Like, I thought Barbosa was going to win. And Barbosa was beating the shit out of him, actually, but he's a tough bastard. He it, got like, through it, didn't he? I think it's, he's the type of guy that, like, you hear guys getting aroused, like, when they get hit. Yeah. Not, like, literally aroused, but it's like, oh, I love <laughs> this. Bite down in the gum shield and then fuck it back, right back at them. It's Tony uh, Ferguson to a T. I yeah. really want to see him fight Diaz. I want to see I, him fight Diaz or Masvidal next. I think Hart won that fight, to be honest. And I think Tenth Planet won that fight. Yeah, that dark setup was fucking unbelievable. Barbosa threw his head in there. Barbosa wanted away. He, out. Did he, he Sean? Yeah, he wanted away. Oh. I hate saying that. I hate oh. saying that. You're like, oh, you're only a fucking useless bastard. What would you know? But he did. Let's be honest there. He did. I'm looking forward to talking to Graham about that because I guarantee you, Graham, we go. You fucking quit. You fucking quit. I guarantee you, Graham will say that. And I, I tend to agree. I think Siri kind of was. Like he said it as well. Or he. He liked to tweet a mine or something, but I think, I think people know. There was a string of Neil Seary tweets, one after another. No, he wasn't in Vegas at all. That was, was a not? joke. No, oh, he was, was just tagging himself in the MGM all week. <laughs> he was at home <laughs> for the whole time. <laughs> that makes it even better. Yeah, like he oh. was. Um, what was he doing? Like there was a string of like six tweets that was just abuse at you, yeah. Pete, Graham, and me, one after another. Like <laughs> fucking brilliant. Uh, did you see that he said everybody hates you to me and then I put up Brad Peake and Lewis Malk are my favourite fighters <laughs> loads of people retweeted and liked it oh series of fucking gas man he did, get that uh, man a fight I don't know what he said to me but I had to throw the picture of me hitting him with a single leg up there oh yeah that's fucking deadly right questions Shane Hickey when's the earliest you can expect McGregor to fight again 
April. I, New York. I agree. Yeah, I agree. He'll fight again before UFC 200. I think so. At the UFC updates, do you feel satisfied by the main event of UFC 194? A part of me would have liked to have seen it go on a little bit longer. As as he said, Aldo deserved longer in there as for the guy that he is like. But I do think it was just... It was... The whole occasion made me okay with the fact that it was a 13-second knockout. If it yeah. had been Conor McGregor's Vegas debut and he's a little bit lower down in the card and he wins in 13 seconds, I'm like, oh, Jesus. But main event, emphatic victory, becoming the unified world champion, beating one of the greatest fighters who've ever lived. Yeah, that's fair enough. I agree. I thought it was, the, as I said earlier, I thought it was the ultimate crescendo. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Um, Luke Masters and at Charlie Gogo 6. Uh, what did you think of Max Holloway's post fight speech? And did you think Aldo looked a little bit nervous? Um, I don't think Aldo looked nervous. I think that's the way he's always been before a fight. I thought, I thought he was. He did look a little bit nervous. I though. thought he was in the zone. He's still doing the arms. Yeah, he's still he doing the jumping the on the spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was excited to get in there, as evidenced by the shot that he hit, caught McGregor with. Like that yeah. was a serious. If that if Connor hadn't landed that right, <laughs> that left, Aldo's right was coming straight for him after that uh, left shot had landed. Yeah. Do you know I what agree. I mean? Like Aldo was there to fight and that's the reason that I wanted to see the rematch a little bit. Um, and then Max Holloway's speech was a little bit weird. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was uh, like, what's he talking about doing it for BJ? Yeah, he wanted to fight Frank Edgar because he wanted to be BJ oh, three times. Oh, was that right? it? Oh, well then. Yeah. I like that as well. I like that one part of it. But this whole Hawaii thing, like, come on, Max. Mahalo. People don't really, people don't really care about Hawaii. That big island. Let's, let's get over it. Um, I'll do next. McGregor in your soccer pitch. <laughs> He's a great man. Uh, okay, next question from Alan McKenna at Nas underscore SY. Do you think there's a rift between Conor McGregor and the UFC, particularly Dana? If so, why? He says he loves the podcast. Shout out. Right. Alan McKenna, great man. Friend of the podcast. My, uh, this is a complete guess, right? Yeah. But... Connor was barely in the embeddeds at the start of the week. More content as the week went on. I think it was 60 seconds in the first one. Do you know what I mean? All of the stick from the UFC changed to how Jose Aldo was the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. There's a video of Frank Fertitta slamming the belt. Now, it cuts off, so I don't know if he's like... If he realised that he had the belt in his hands and then he just threw it down, he was going like, Oh my God, that was such a good knockout. Because I saw a picture of him smiling. Yeah, I saw that as well. Connor, uh, who was Connor giving the fingers to? We yeah, don't know. I don't, um, I don't think it was Aldo's camp. I think they were at the other side. Um, I think it was TJ in the crowd or something. Maybe. Was it? I think so. Someone said that to me. I'd like to see another oh, angle of that yeah, to, so would to I, find yeah. out. Um, there's just a load of different questions. You know, Connor emphasizing the fact that he would. Um, he would keep the belt if he wanted to go up to 145 after Dana saying he wouldn't. Um, also, the discussion about the bit about when Dana said, uh, when Dana said John Kavanaugh said he's never fighting at 145 again. To me, it seemed a little bit of the Misha Tate, oh, you should retire then. Do you know what I mean? Like, there seemed to be a bit of sarkiness going out throughout the whole thing. Obviously, maybe, uh, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's brilliant and I think 
I think, I think, I think if there be. is a rift, yeah. Connor is absolutely destroying them. Like, Trying it's playing money. the game. Yeah. Maybe it is. Because, you know, Connor mentioned the contract with Ariel. Yeah. He said there's a deal on the table. Didn't he say that in Ariel's interview as well yeah. then, after the fight? Yeah. And there's word going around that he fought very, very hard to get a very, uh, a very good deal for this fight as well. And, he, you know, he... Uh, well, look, he didn't, he didn't I, I, only, I only heard that on Friday, but I, we were hanging around um, Friday night with a couple of Americans in the know. Yeah. They said that the bout agreement wasn't signed until Thursday. Yeah. And it doesn't have course. to be turned in until Friday. But there's a couple of things that are making me think Connor is playing this game to perfection. Do you know what I mean? He taught, like, allegedly, allegedly there, by the way. We're oh, yeah, sure no, like, true, th- no, like that could be complete bullshit and it could yeah. have been turned in months ago. But guys like that hear shit from the year, like all of those, a lot of the American journalists like are friends, like the people that are working with the UFC were their friends beforehand and then mm-hmm. they got jobs for the UFC. So it's just, it's a bit, uh, I'd say the news that does trickle out, I'd say a lot of it is true, at least around the media circles in the States. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think McGregor is doing, uh, I said it there in Red FM when I was on it on Sunday, he's fighting for the future of the UFC fighters. Like if he gets a big deal, that means someone else in the future can get a big deal as well. And I think it's it's brilliant, and I think people should be supporting him doing it as well. And if there's a rift, that's a good thing because he's getting more money. Then we shouldn't want the UFC to be happy. We should want the guys who are going in there, getting punched in the face, getting knocked out. They're the ones who should be getting the money. I'll, uh, I just uh, shout out. I my coach said to me, "Listen, I'll give you the money tomorrow, and you can just put it in the bank." I said, "Word." And he said, what? With a question mark, LOL. <laughs> so, He's Brazilian, isn't he? Yeah, I'll explain go, sure tomorrow. Uh, next question from... So Pat. on that, like who knows oh, yeah. if there is a rift, but yeah, if know. there is, Connor is positioning himself perfectly in the media with, uh, with this whole like, I want to be a co-promoter. I want to make this amount of money. Like, talk about playing the game to perfection. Like. Yeah, fair play then. Uh, at... Alex Ryan 63 Can I just say My ears still haven't popped From the plane Because I slept 10 hours oh. From Vegas to London Oh you lucky bastard I'd love to sleep 10 hours And It might have actually popped now That I don't realise But my oh. ears have been fucked all, all, all morning Thanks How do you match make The contenders of Bantamweight Do you think Faber gets the next shot I think they're very temp- Like you have to see who, who wins Do you know what I mean The Faber Dillashaw fight Is definitely an interesting one I have more interest in seeing that. I would actually rather see Faber fight Dillashaw if he loses to Cruz than I would rather see Faber have another go at Cruz. Yeah. Like, uh, and for, like the UFC of between Conor McGregor and Aljamain Sterling, the start is here. Ben Henderson as well. Mm-hmm. Sterling is doing like he's his press conference, his post fight uh, scrum the other night was just beautiful to listen to. Talking mm. like a proper fighter. So he's like, there's no hair without the UFC. No hate with the UFC. Why shouldn't I find out what I'm worth? Why shouldn't yeah. I find out? Like, um, he said yesterday with Errol as well. He's like, I want my bank account to actually resemble a pro athlete. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That was such a good line. Do you know what I mean? He's right. Yeah. Some of the, the stuff that these guys go through, they're not getting paid accordingly for. And like, also, one last thing on the McGregor. Someone asked him about Crow Park. Like, could you not demand it? Do you know what? Maybe I could. <laughs> he doesn't want it though. No way. He wants money. Yeah. He's dead right. Crow Park's not happening. Um, who would you give next for Jose Aldo if it's not an immediate rematch from Max Holloway? Let me see that fight. Max Holloway or Edgar? I don't know. Or let Edgar fight Holloway. 
and then let while Connor goes up to one fifty five. Yeah, I know I you talk about killing a contender, but no, I think I it works out well That's in this timing situation. Uh, at Jim Daw, friend of the podcast, good man to make our avatars for us. Interesting question, which we have an answer to. Uh, he asks about McGregor's suspension. He got a suspension until June because of a wrist injury. Here's what we know. Here's what I asked uh, our man in the know about this, and we we're told he was told us that on the second coffin nail he injured his wrist, and. Uh, he was complaining about it in the back afterwards but and it wasn't that swollen it was a little bit swollen but it should be okay and uh, it's not I don't think it's going to be a long term one but you know he, he probably it's have six a months it until it's cleared by a doctor yeah it's yeah. one of those I think it's one of those that he felt pain and he said he had a bit of pain and uh, you know they got it checked yeah, so that's that um, Daniel Bradley he's given us um, a lot a, a lot a, a lot of fights here so here, I'll give them to you and you can tell me whether they should be made or not, right? Damien Maya versus Tyron Woodley. Mm. Yes or no? A fight that makes Damien Maya look very bad because he's going up against a wrestler with great power. Maybe, maybe. I think it's a fight you have to make though on that division. Yeah, it's definitely one that I want to see. Like. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson versus Benson Henderson. Won't happen because Ben Henderson will leave the UFC. But from a grappling match point of view, that would be pretty. Like if you're talking about levels, Gunnar would be the level above Ben Henderson. Mm-hmm. I feel. I don't. I don't think you can give Gunnar Nelson Ben Henderson. Ben Henderson's coming off a of wins. Gunnar Nelson's coming off a of losses. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Jeremy Stevens versus Chad Mendes. I think that's. I think that's perfect. That would be a hilariously sized differential match. Yeah. Stevens is huge at 145. Yeah, yeah. Mendes is tiny. You'd have to one like would Stevens be able to wrestle fuck Mendez? It's the yeah. it's the sort of fight that Mendez hits a knockout in. Do you know what I mean? That ma- like that's a a bad matchup for Stevens in the sense that he could get knocked out or hurt badly by Mendez. Yeah, there's there's a few more as well, but who cares? Uh, oh Jesus! <laughs> We're not going to get. Uh, did he not have a couple of questions? Uh, he did, yeah. Sean, we have a couple uh, more we've, minutes. We've, we've like five more questions to get through. I picked out the best ones. So, uh, Superbots. Ask best chipper in Cork, Hillbillies, Linuxes, or Dinos? I have no idea. KC's. What? You've never, have you never had Hillbillies or Linuxes or Dinos? No, all I've ever had is <gasps> KC's. Oh my god, you haven't lived. Linux is the answer, by the way. Linux is always the answer. Linux is the best chipper literally in the world. There you go. Um, do you think Connor from at John King MMA, do you think Connor will be able to stop lightweights? I saw that tweet and I wanted to reply, but I, I felt that my tweet wouldn't come across in the way that I wanted to say it on the podcast. Yeah. Do you mean stop more lightweights? <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's already done it. And I, I don't mean that in a condescending way, I believe. He's done it before. There's definitely guy like... The fight will never happen. Do you think if Conor fought Joe Lozon, he wouldn't KO Lozon? Yeah. Lozon's a small lightweight. Like, I think he, he stops uh, Cowboy pretty... I agree with you and the Americans looked at me like I had two heads when I said that yeah uh, okay two more questions firstly from Patrick Sheehan at Pat Sheehan MMA or no at Pat Sheehan123 um, I don't know if you're going to ask this question so if I just say McRandall Butters 212 we kind of covered what he was uh, asking already yeah. McGregor getting the podium to himself have the UFC created a monster and was this the results the UFC bigwigs wanted to see yeah. that's why I got through him Andrew that's why I got through the questions and pick out the, the specific ones right Patrick asks um, but we've answered that question Butters so sorry yeah 
fuck you brothers um <laughs> what did he ask again i'm after fucking x enough question he asked about uh if he goes up to 155 who do you think can beat him there or can anyone i think we all know the answer to this one to be honest a part of me wants to see connor grow into 155 and come come levate if that's even the right word with the Khabib, Khabib fight but yeah, then again the Khabib is a broken broken man like there's yeah. everything wrong with him I think he is the frame the build the style that Conor could do a Mendez on him and wear him out cardio wise and that like there are people that think Khabib would ragdoll Conor I don't think it would be as easy but without a doubt like you've we've heard it on the podcast we've seen that Conor's had fights that he's going to win and fights that may be tough for Conor the fights that I think that are tough for Conor in the UFC in terms of future fights, I think a rematch with Max Holloway would be a tougher fight than it was the first time. Get out of it. I think a fight with Anthony Pettis could be one of yeah. the most exciting stand-up fights in UFC That's history. That's all I want to see, yeah. I think Khabib at 155 is a legitimate wrestler question for Conor to answer. That McGregor, if he, if he beats Khabib, would be wow, this guy legitimately is one of the, the best fighters in the world, the way he just fought and won that fight, if he wins that fight. Um, Tony Ferguson, as we said again, I do think is a scrap for Conor. I think Ferguson is a tough guy and would take some of Conor's shots. Um, I'm interested to see the transition of how the 155ers can take Conor's left hand. Do you know what I mean? Cahill, uh, Owen Roddy says Conor hits harder than some middleweights that he trains with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there is something special about that left hand of McGregor, whether it uh, whether it comes to fruition, he's able to transition that power, everything into one fifty five. Definitely remains to be seen. And um, if I'm thinking of other guys that could give Conor a hard fight at one fifty five, you know I would be down to see him fight Michael Johnson in a in a couple of fights time. I, I think, think he it, KOs Johnson to be honest. I think he KOs Johnson, but yeah. and again another strong one fifty five wrestler who cuts to get to one fifty five. That is a good question for Connor to answer. I think the only person at forty five or fifty five right now that I pick to be Conor McGregor is Habib. He's the only one, and that's your biggest fight in the UFC you can make right now, or maybe not the biggest, but that's the best. I think um, if if Cowboy wins, that's the biggest. But I think Habib is the one. I think that's the one. That's the fight I want to see. The one. The one. Right, last question from at, or Ro Calla, at Ro 2411. On a scale of 1 to a million, how wound up would Connor manage to get Cowboy in the build up to their fight? <laughs> he would. He I don't actually think so. Alive. I think Cowboy is the type of guy that would like literally be like, say what you want. I'm going to drink my bud and I'm going to see you in the fucking cage. But then Connor would probably call him a hillbilly and a redneck. Connor would ruin him. Nate Diaz, do you remember Nate Diaz ruined him? Yeah. Yeah. And like he lost that fight, he ended up losing it. Connor would wreck him. He, he's the type of guy who'd be beat before he goes into the cage, and I hate that shit. But yeah, but probably. I think my boy Dustin Poirier kind of was a little bit, and I think Cowboy would be the same. And I think McGregor's a better fighter than Cowboy's own. Well, um, finally. Ooh. Yes. Um, go away and get your inspirational quote there. I have one. I have it. Do I you have it? Don't Good worry, man. Yeah. Um, as always, if you want to get in touch with us uh, over the next week, tell us about how boring this hour and 40 minute podcast was. Um, please get in touch at Sean Sheehan BA on Twitter, at Pete Carroll, at Andrew McGann underscore at Severe MMA. I know we got a tweet last week saying I've listened to every episode of the podcast and I've only gotten around to following you guys now. 
Uh, we appreciate it. I'm going to overtake Sean Sheehan on the Twitter followers soon enough no, just, to, uh, just to annoy him. Mine went um, up massively there over the last couple of weeks. Cool. Cool story, bro. Um, I think there's less than 100 in it, to be honest. Uh, no, my after taking away further again. How many of you? Right. I'll just... Not that it is a dick-slinging contest. But, but, he, uh, but I'm winning. But you're um, winning, yeah. But yeah. what is your number? You... Um, you what have you? 4295. Four, two, I have... Um, four... Four. Who cares, Sean? Like it's literally, Eight, it's five. just Twitter. Like Jesus Christ, are you still going on about this? Bow down. I I had um two million impressions in the last twenty eight days. Very good. People should pay you money to tweet for them. Yeah, they sh- people should pay me money to advertise on my Twitter page. Two million impressions. In general, they should just yeah. pay you money. Just give me money. Um, just but aside me. from that, um, literally the lads will say like, Pizzi said. This is crazy. Pizzi had people coming up to him saying, I'm a big fan of your work. And there were Americans that knew him from Vice. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want to say join the movement before it's too late and we fuck you all over. But there is a serious momentum behind severe MMA at the minute. And we really like, like the podcast has grown beyond what we ever thought it would. And every listen, like every person that sends us a message saying, love the podcast, comes up to us at events and says, great podcast. Where's Sean? Even though I hate those type of questions. Uh, you love them. Uh, no, no, I mean the where Sean type of questions. You love them. No, you no. Just love talking about me. What? You love talking about me. I do. I brought you up in the video as well with uh, yeah. Pete and uh, Jeremy. Sata. So, Sata. like, genuinely, I know we say this a lot, but it just seems like coming up to the fight that everything's gotten bigger and bigger, and now it's it's blown up. You'll probably think, all go away I, for I Christmas. Produce, I think we produced the best content of any website in the world this week in the last ten days. I'll be honest. Anyone. That's a big statement. And it's all down to me. And it's all down to Sean Sheehan. <laughs> Congratulations, my friend. You've, uh, you've you. done well. The three you, of you were you away. deserve you this Christmas break. <sighs> Congratulations. But we, it Thank does you. mean a lot to us and we appreciate it all very, very much. Um, this, let me check the date. 15th of December. Okay, there will be a podcast before Christmas. So yeah. fear not. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday or Wednesday as close as possible. Sean, I have to work on Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I have the 24th and the 25th off. Then I'm working Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, oh, Saturday, Sunday. All in a row. Up that. That's Vegas paid for anyway. Um, so I don't think we've, we've anything else to cover. Yeah, we'll have, probably have the podcast earlier next week. We might do it Monday because it's Christmas week. So close to Christmas, yeah. Yeah, it's just so everyone can. Uh, no, Sean, we're doing one on Christmas Day, so people can listen Christmas to us Day. while we're unra- while they're unwrapping their presents. And we're going to have also coming up next week, or in two weeks maybe. End of year awards, MMA awards. <gasps> I'll have to fucking do again and so I'll have to go through all the cards and pick out stuff but that should be fun and my picks will be based off the fights that I've actually seen so pretty much if you fought at a Conor McGregor card this year you've a good chance of getting an award from me <laughs> female fighter of the year Conor McGregor <laughs> <laughs> Conor McGregor wins it again submission of the year Conor McGregor <laughs> there is a good chance he could win fighter of the year though yeah like, oh, 100% universally universally yeah. like and KO of the year as well for what? Oh, the Yeah, between him and Holly Holman, I think he wins it, to be honest. Well then, 
Sean, well, we'll as I said, uh, tell, tell a friend about the podcast, share it all out, annoy people. One thing that I will tell you that I've learned from Facebook algorithms. Yeah. If you see our podcast and you want to share it, please take the link from Severe MMA and copy it as a new status. Because when you share something that's already been shared, it doesn't get seen as much. All right. There you go. So there us. you go. I've looked up the Facebook algorithm. I know I'm, I'm cracking Facebook. Call me Mark Zuckerberg. I know so much shit. Um, but Sean, if you'd like to take us away until next week. Oh, wait a minute. Will I play a Christmas song over you? No. I don't know. We had the Christmas song. And, okay, you can if you want. Grand. Okay, no. Make your quote. Okay. Every story is an ending. But in life, every end is just a new beginning. See you next week. You playing the song? Yeah. You're a slut and jumpling there on this dead and a dripping. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>